0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. While we were
1: at the awesome Treefort Festival in Boise this year, we got a chance to sit down and interview several of our favorite bands. Because this is a show about the music business, we tried to talk mostly about that, but we did get sidetracked a bit. Welcome to the future of what? I'm your host, Portia Saban president of the independent record label, Kill Rock Stars. Support for the future of what comes from Merch Table. Are you a band who's struggling to run an online store? Let's face it, your bass player is a terrible mail carrier and you really can't practice when the singer is trying to track down a lost package. Merch Table can help with services ranging from warehousing and shipping to customer service, screen printing, tour logistics, and even marketing. You focus on your art, and Merchtable will handle the rest. Merchtable.com. So let's get into these conversations from Treefort right now on the future of what. listening to The Future of What. We're talking to Kat Harris-White of Sassy Black. Kat, welcome to The Future of What. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. So as you probably know, this is a podcast about the music business. And you've been in the music business for a while.
0: Oh my goodness, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like thinking about it. Like I graduated from school in 2008. And uh, I've been going ever since then, but before then even, because I started... 2004. Yeah. Like right out of high school, I was like Whoa. jumping into bands and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, oh wow.
1: <laughs> then you were in a band called The Satisfaction. Yes, I was. Which got signed to Sub Pop. Yes, I did. And you made two records. Yes, we did. Yes.
0: I think these are good facts. <laughs> so you,
1: you learned some stuff Yes. about the business mm. at that point. And then when that band ended, you went on to your own solo thing, which is Sassy Black. Yes, it is so tell me when did this start really seeming to you like a business
0: honestly from the jump like since i was like a teenager before i was even involved my mom in, she studied law at nyu and so she was always telling me whatever i wanted to do whether i was an actress or a writer or a musician that i should learn the business side of it and so it doesn't mean i was good at it but it just means i was always thinking about it <laughs> so she had instilled that in me in a, at a young age about trying to figure out budgets and expense sheets and stuff like that.
1: That's awesome. I mean, because a lot of people really don't come to music with that as their perspective. They come at it as like, I'm hanging out with my friends. It's so rad. Right. Yeah. We're having so much fun. And then like years down the road, they're like, oh, wait a second. I have to pay taxes. Yeah, oh my goodness. Stuff like that. So it's really amazing that you came into it the other way, like thinking about it like a business. Yeah. So has that changed You know how you've handled it, do you think? Do you think you've had a more pragmatic sort of attitude towards what you do next in terms of like, okay, well, I know this is what I want to do as a job. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's probably annoying to some of the bandmates that I had, which is probably why I'm not in any of these groups anymore. <laughs> but I, I just was kept thinking about like, okay, like, let's have a, a year plan. Let's have a plan for the album. Let's have like a marketing plan. Let's plan the tour. Like, what are the expenses going to be like? And trying to figure that stuff out. It was difficult trying to do that and plan the records. Now I'm in a better place because I'm entirely independent and I do it all myself pretty much with the help of a couple of teammates, but it was a, a part of the process. I was like, okay, we need a lawyer, we need an accountant, a manager or a co-manager kind of consult kind of person. What else? We need an agent, European or North American or both, you know, and just kind of figure out like who do you need to make things happen. And then, like, what are the percentages they're taking? Like, how much are we getting paid? And trying to figure out tax things. And how do you fill out taxes as a musician? Because that's, like, (laughs) the secret scripture. (laughs) No one ever really wants to talk about it. Like, they kind of vaguely are like, you should do taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, people pay you in cash versus check. And, you know, just trying to figure that stuff out. It was always on my mind while creating the group because, like, these, a lot of people don't know this, but like these satisfaction's very first show was at my senior recital. Wow! <laughs> at Cornish, like I still have the flyer. I called myself Cat Satisfaction Harris White <laughs> and whatever, and it was called like This Is Me or whatever. And then like the first half was like jazz standards because I studied jazz, and the second half was like original songs. They were actually all of my original songs but I had uh, Stas star back up for something. She doesn't even sing. <laughs> but uh. I had her up there and I was like, the Satisfaction's first show, right? And then we got our, our shirt first show booked from that, like our wow. first official show. Wow. And then we had all of our show. we didn't stop booking shows until last year. So it was like seven, almost eight years of <gasps> shows. Wow. From that. Yeah. So even then I was like, cool, we're doing this. We should have a mixtape, we should call it this or we should theme it like this. If we're gonna sample stuff, we should like shout them out so that they don't feel like we're stealing from them because I read a bunch of stuff about sampling stuff and just like, you know, like that was like our mixtape series and just a lot of things. I was just always like, all right, we should probably figure out a record now. Oh, you have a couple of beats? Cool. Let's write some songs and let's put it into an EP. Let's make it a project and then let's market it and let's try and get a feature here. Let's try and like, I wrote so many press releases. And sent so many like cold emails to strangers or info at whatever weekly or whatever times. Right to the fact it's just like it, it was just insane. Wow. Yeah, you know, like Gmail has a max out. I know it's like <laughs> a max of a hundred now, <laughs> and it probably is lowered because of me. Ah,
1: you personally, <laughs> yeah, me personally, right? <laughs> but that's amazing because that just shows that you really understood that this was a business. And you needed to promote the business yourself. Do you, what do you feel about going to music school? I mean, since you did go to music school, like, do you have a feeling about that pro or con for musicians? Like, is that a good idea for musicians? Or sort of a, is it sort of neutral?
0: I think it depends. It depends on who you are. Like, I lucked out into going to Cornish, honestly. I had like, a really crazy process. I didn't get accepted to any other schools. And then I really wanted to go to Cornish, but I just didn't think I was like, enough of a musician because I didn't, I didn't know how to read music and whatever. But then I wound up going and I was really honored, but I was also really overwhelmed because you have to learn how to sight read and all these other things. And then it gets super stressful. It's just like regular college, or regular college, (laughs) like (laughs) any other (laughs) institution, like a university or college, right? And um, it just gets super overwhelming. So I think if you go in with the intention of what you're going to pull out of it, like understanding your music theater classes, understanding the purpose and the power of practicing, asking questions, staying afterwards, you know, to study with people and understanding like who you're studying with, because you might be studying with a legend. Like I took a class with Julian Priester and he played with Sun Ra and Herbie Hancock and like all these jazz legends. And I had like really no idea, but I heard it and I was like, oh, this is interesting, you know, and you know, you're able to be in spaces with these creative folks. So it's like if you do decide to go to an institution like that I would say really plan what you're going to get out of it you know I've had a couple conversations because I you know Cornish is kind of like the Berkeley or like the Juilliard of Seattle of the Pacific Northwest because they don't really have anything comparable right Right. and then there there is a Cornish community like there's a Berkeley community like there's a New School community like there's a Juilliard community right a community of artists that kind of like oh you went there oh cool (laughs) and then like kind of like a hookup situation like kind of people are like oh you went there well you know we should go to this meeting we should go to this bar or whatever so like there's kind of like an infrastructure within that and so if you're playing if you're going to be in these institutions, it's like go in with a plan, have an intention, and really figure out what people typically get from there. Like who are the people who've already graduated? Like who, who would you like to know? What would you want to get out of it? But I guess that's like any program that you get involved with, like know what you want from it. But it's, I don't think it's like necessary because there are people who have gone to Cornish and like not graduated. You know, people have gone for like a semester or a couple classes and then just picked up a gig like that. And then they're out there and they're touring forever, you know? So I guess it's just, it depends on how you wanna approach the music industry, you know? Because if you don't do that, like try and get an internship somewhere, like at a label or something like that, and figure it out and like get a feeling. But like do something that actually puts you into the industry. So it doesn't have to be school per se. And if you don't have a scholarship or financial aid, it might not even be an option.
1: Right. So do you make the majority of your living at this point as a musician? Yes. Wow. That's crazy. That's admirable. <laughs> That's great. <It's> insane. <laughs> yeah. What has your experience been with Sound Exchange?
0: Sound Exchange has been pretty rad, actually. Like, I signed up for it pretty much as soon as I heard about it. It was a couple years ago. I think I just did something with Sound Exchange at South by, and they told me my year. <laughs> I think it was like 2012 or 2013, and I was like impressed with myself. I was like, wow. You've been getting royalties for streaming music for some time. I'm pretty much impressed how they deal with it because for me, I'm just kind of, I'm skeptical about a lot of things. And then I'm just grateful when I can get a piece of the pie that is mine. (laughs) Like if my music's just out there, it would be nice to get paid for when it's played somewhere. Right. So like I'm already signed up for ASCAP. And so I'm like, cool. Thanks for holding that down, you guys. But like the streaming thing, I hadn't even thought of it because you're thinking about billions of things. Thinking about just, like, how am I going to get food tomorrow? How am I going to get to my next gig? How am I going to make sure that this guy pays me for that last gig a month ago? You know, so you're thinking about so many things. So finding out about Sound exchange was really interesting because I do get checks from them and I could see where they're coming from and things like that. But then they're always trying to advocate for the artists from what I've seen, you know. Mm -hmm. And I I get their mailing lists. I get the emails now. So I see, like, the things that they're trying to do. I'm in D.C. and, you know, again, just really advocate for the artists and, it's interesting, like, they're trying to get more money for us, which is like, please, please, yeah. please. Like, I'm, again, like, I'm grateful like to get any checks. I'm like, cool, someone's playing it somewhere. And here's my little tiny sliver. But I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that people are trying to get money for the artists.
1: Yeah, like anywhere that that happens I'm like, is whoa, really great. right? You made a
0: company where you want to give us our money? <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's sort of your job now, which I think is a little bit harder than it used to be for artists, is that your job is now to sort of keep track of all those income streams and make sure you're getting paid for everything. Where, you know, that isn't how it used to be. It used to be record sales. Yeah. And that was easy. It's like the artist could be off doing whatever, the label is supposed to collect that money and then pay the artist. And nowadays, you know, it's like that. Yes, you do sell albums, but that's just one of many. Income streams. So it it makes a big difference to be on top of that. And that's, I'm so glad to have to be talking to you because you are on top of that. And it's so nice to talk to an artist who is because I feel like, you know, anything we can do to tell young artists, like, you know, start thinking of this as a business from day one, just like you did, you know, because that's going to stand you in good stead. And it's also going to cut down on the things that you hear, these terrible stories that you hear about people being taken advantage of and ripped off and all these things. And it's like, we never want that to happen. Yeah, We want people to have their money, get their money, know where their money's coming from. And it's not that hard. I mean, it's not rocket science.
0: It's really not. You know, I think <laughs> I've said this a lot and it's probably annoying at this point, but I'm like use Google for what it's for. Use the internet for what it's for. If you don't use Google or use MSN or Bing, like one of these other things, right? But people don't use the internet what it's for. They use it for like gossip and entertainment, which is cool, but it's an education tool. I come from a tech family. Like my grandfather used to work at IBM. My brothers have worked for like Microsoft and T-Mobile and all this other stuff in the tech side. And so I have a real understanding of that. And before I had like any cool looking clothes, I had like a desktop computer I didn't have that stuff I would look like such a weirdo which is cool for me now you know it was a cool thing now but I was just like not dressed to the T. but I had my own desktop computer at maybe like 12 years old and so I was able to learn more about the computer I could type my papers on my computer and things like that so that was something special to me that was a gift to me growing up and so with that said I know how to research and I love researching it like I watch all the documentaries about all my favorite artists, everything that went wrong, everything went wrong. Is typically, I didn't read the contract. <laughs> or, <laughs> like, I just signed it. They said they said there was a check coming, and I just signed it. And then I never saw any money. It's like, yeah, you know, like I say, this is one of the, one of my mottos. It's like, skim is for milk. Read your contract. Skim is for milk. You know, oh, wow. like don't don't do that. Yeah. Because why would why would you skim something that could sign away your life? You know. It's uh, just having those conversations, you know. But searching things online is so important because you can find all this information. People are like, Kat, how did you do it? How did you get here and there? I said, I literally searched royalties for artists, <laughs> like, you know. And there are things like the DIY musician, which is like put on by CD Baby, or like Sonic Big. So things that are like more accessible for artists right now. You don't have to sure. dig that far. Yeah. But then you could also go like Forbes. You know, like all the business magazines are writing about these things. All the uh, music business magazines, all the music, they are writing about it. But you might have just skimmed down to like something that Drake was talking about, Uh you know, which is fine, too. But like read the other articles that have that pertain to artistry and what you're actually doing. So it's like this knowledge is accessible. But folks, it's, it's just harder because people make it hard. It's because you tell yourself so difficult to do this. I was like, is it? Is it really? Is it really? Go to a job that you hate all the time. And what makes that any easier than finding out about something you love? You know? So it's just like more of a state of mind than anything, I
1: think. Well, honestly, we (laughs) (laughs) you basically just summed up the entire point of this whole show. So (laughs) I think we'll just cut it off there. I think we're doing good. So Kat Harris White, thank you so much from Sassy Black. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on The Future of (laughs) What? was New Boo by Sassy Black. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on iTunes and leave us a comment. It really helps. To find out what's coming up next, follow us on Twitter at KRSFOW. You're listening to The Future of What? We're talking to Thunder Pussy. Ladies, welcome to The Future of What? Thank you for having us. We are at Tree Ford 2017 in Boise, Idaho, and it's raining and sh. but we are having fun we never left Seattle or Portland it's like we never I know I know and look at this guy he got on the plane today with that sweatshirt and I was like did you look at the weather
2: (laughs) (laughs) you You don't have a jacket
1: no you did not bring a
2: jacket (laughs) he's got his standard issue black hoodies yeah Yeah.
1: but I was like dude I looked at the weather and I was like oh it's just like here yeah Yeah. never mind I was gonna do something special but it was so nice
3: yesterday but Today. I was gonna do something
2: special. Well, but... I was gonna
1: like wear a blouse or something. right? But <laughs> yeah, 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 now I'm yeah. like,
2: forget it. I got the flannel. I love um, the word blouse.
1: Yes, blouse is a good one. Okay, so tell me, tell me, what, when did you guys start? When did you guys get together?
2: Boyscore, <laughs> uh, three years ago. Three we, years? Ago? It was
1: like three
4: years ago. Yeah, we've been uh, a band three fully and for three and a half-ish. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Had you guys been in other bands before?
4: Yes. Yeah, I don't
2: even know how to play an instrument before this band. Like.
4: <laughs> she only knows how to play jaw harp. Actually, she doesn't even play the guitar. Wow. It's not a real thing. <laughs>
3: That's actually how we met. We played in different <laughs> bands in Seattle and a band that I played in and Whitney played in played together. So we met and then Seattle's a small, small music scene.
1: So it was actually through the scene. It's like, a legit scene kind of situation. That's yeah. how, you know, that's well, how people do it. Yeah, let's things. put quotes
3: well, on we, the scene. The scene. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's, how, that's how they found me. Yeah. <laughs> Stocked oh, that's, that's
2: totally how we met.
4: Yeah. Okay. And, well, and Whitney, Whitney and I met through funny circumstances.
2: But I saw you play in another band, and that's when I was like, Oh, yeah, oh, okay, I guess it was. It was definitely this definitely don't, don't fall off. Together. That's right.
4: I forgot. I forgot for a moment. Can we curse on the podcast? We oh, yes. Can get you out can out curse way, it up.
1: Right? Yeah. Good. Curse up is a podcast. Okay. That's the great part about
3: podcasts. FCC can't say pussy.
1: We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that, ladies. <laughs> we'll get to that.
3: Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so anyway, so you got together a few
1: years ago, and you've been going along. Now, this podcast, as you may or may not be aware, is actually about the music business. Mm-hmm. And so we're very interested in helping people understand the business aspect yeah. of this. And one thing that's interesting about you guys is that you actually are not signed to a label. So no. you are Correct. doing this on your own. Yeah.
2: How's it going?
4: So far, yeah. pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work,
2: man. It's a lot of work. It'd be cool if we had, uh, you know, 15 more people
4: on this team. but Yeah, but I think that we've been... We're really good at persistence, <laughs> which is something that you need in terms of longevity in anything—in a relationship, a career, and yes. life.
5: <laughs> yes.
4: And we've been really fortunate to, along this crazy ride, grab, uh, you know, people here and there who are as excited as we are about the vision that we hold, and True. um, and they they are a part of it, you know. So. We basically create, like, we've built this really awesome, bizarre. Weird family. family, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and, there's times when I'm, like, um,
2: I just might cry because I'm so stressed <laughs> out and yeah, there's so much to do. And
4: Did you email that part? Did you, uh, that, well, this just list, the, to check p- that one off. Just the pressure, Didn't, really. No. Just the pressure of, like,
2: are we doing all that we can do and thinking about uh, the way that it's growing and the trajectory. And it's just, like, oh, God, it doesn't. Get easier. I think a lot of people think, you know, once you get like famous and you get signed, it's like it's gonna get easier because you're gonna be, you're gonna be a millionaire and you're gonna have all these people helping you. But no, 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 no. it's it's just gonna get. We don't
4: know what that's hard. Maybe that is a thing. Who knows? Yeah, we're not there yet. Oh no, no, no. But
2: that's that's definitely how people think. That's how I used to think when I was a kid. You know, when I was like ten years old, and I was like watching the Judds and like listening to country music. I was like they just get everything so easy for them I bet it's so cool to be like a successful musician or whatever but I don't think that's true I think the farther you go down the rabbit hole it just gets harder and and harder and the pressure gets more and more so like get ready for that Like, well exactly and I'm really glad you
1: articulated that that well because that's exactly how it is you know it's like I managed a band called The Gossip and oh, love yeah. that band. band.
3: They're down. a good band,
1: yep. excellent yep. band, and we ended up going gold in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you, I can attest to you, it got harder.
4: Yeah, you know,
1: the more famous you get, it got harder because all of a sudden you're getting up in the morning to do drive time radio at 6 a.m. Yeah, and then you're doing photo shoots and makeup and hair, yeah. and then you like maybe get time for a sandwich, yeah. and then there's <laughs> the drive to the next yeah. venue, and then an hour of press at the venue and sound check, and yeah. I mean, it's like it's exponentially harder the bigger you get and so this is like a job that is not for the faint of heart yes Definitely not. have you guys found that oh, to yeah. be the case no, it's not <laughs> well and,
4: and and I honestly believe like things do get harder but they also you know as they grow and they evolve and but I do think that more people kind of join your your team if you allow them which then it comes down to like roles delegating roles to other people mm-hmm. so all of a sudden, like you're not Leah's not doing the social media anymore like I'm not doing the accounting or the booking or emailing booking yeah it's like you take okay, off these one hat
2: you'll pick up three more hats I feel like yeah
4: but I have to say that it seems like as things
2: as they get harder they get more rewarding you know to, totally. When you're able it, to different kinds it of payoff, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But, and that's
1: the thing. I mean, it's like any job, yeah. right? The higher you go up the management chain yeah. or whatever, yeah. it gets harder, but it gets more rewarding. Because but also, like,
2: the more likely you are to have a nervous breakdown at any moment, I think. <laughs> well, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think that's, that's so fair.
4: That. <laughs> there are, so, like, moments of silence. You're like, oh, yeah, I can hear myself think. <laughs> this is a beautiful moment. <laughs> I feel
3: like we have done a pretty good job of faking it, though, which has kind of been the goal. And we've actually had this experience in the last few months of people being like, oh, wait, I didn't approach you because I thought you guys already had management and a booking agent and a label. And, we're and like, a publicist
1: and no, like, no. And we're just doing it ourselves. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> like... So, have you guys gotten a manager, or a publicist, or a booking agent, or any of that stuff? You're doing it all yourself. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm super We've, impressed. With we that. we
4: have actually taken on. He is. He's become like our our band band, dad uh, band manager. Dad. <laughs> he's Ish. an incredible human, and he it was that was like these funny steps that. He he kind of just like morphed into the the Thunder Pussy world no, and this manager. beautiful yeah he has been so helpful the yeah. last year I think John yeah he's been a godsend or goddess send whatever send but he he has been like a, a great fifth member in terms of well I gotta say though this, is, this is kind of a cool thing because
2: I'm a gardener I've been a gardener <laughs> in Seattle for five years and i kind of been I phase out. You know, I've got a great boss that lets me kind of just flexible. You know, I come in, we do some stuff, or maybe we don't, or we just hang out, we get pizza, I don't know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get I'll get done teaching, yeah. and I'm, like, walking down the road, and I see them in the car, and they're pulling over to Pagliacci's, and they're like, oh, we're just getting a beer and we're pizza. I'm like, pizza. oh, I'll <laughs> join you. <laughs> yeah, my, my boss,
2: Elise Luck, is, like, the biggest Thunder Pussy fan. She actually went and got a Thunder Pussy tattoo
4: a couple weeks ago she's so
2: rad but we all have one of her clients she's had in her business for like 13 years essentially it's cheryl hubble and and cheryl's husband runs this thing called play network and play network is a cool thing and they're based in in the seattle area and john wooler works for, for play network and cheryl hubble you know was like what at least one day was like oh You know, Cheryl, she loves music, so I'm going to tell her all about Thunder Pussy. And we're just gardening, you know, we're just, like, weeding some shit. And Elise goes and, like, finds Cheryl, and she's like, you need to know about Whitney's band, Thunder Pussy, they're the coolest band ever. And so she comes to a show, and then she's immediately like, I'm going to introduce you to John Wooler. He works at my husband's company. You just need to know him. And the next thing you know, John is our manager. Like, it just, boom, 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 like, from my gardening job. And, like, that's the way that things... We'll spiral with this band. I mean, it's just organic like that. And yeah. it's just so cool. The team just sort of comes from these interesting little facets. Organic's
4: a good way to put it. I feel like we yeah. we wait things out and we push. Mm-hmm. Like, we push and we wait and we push and we wait. But we're never, like, we might seem like we're in your face performance-wise. Yeah, and yeah. But I feel like we're really, uh, we're patient in a lot of ways. But we definitely have a, a vision that we're like, okay. Do not f*** with this. Either you're ju- jumping on the boat or you're not. You never, you never <laughs> but know We, one, we well. do kind of settle in, in the water someone sometimes. Someone's just going like, to fall in your lap,
1: you know? And that's a really good way to put it because I think that there's an element, you know, if you're, let's say, talking to young musicians, you don't, you don't want to be desperate. Like, this isn't yeah. about desperation, right? It's mm-hmm. about knowing who you are. Yeah. And so that's what you guys are basically saying. It's like, you know who you are, and this is who you are, and you're going to be true to who you are, and if you want to get on the team, Yeah. That's awesome.
4: And that's also a good, I mean, that just made me think of like when we've been talking to labels and things like that and it's so interesting having those kinds of conversations where it's not about like a hit. We're not we're not like we're not doing this to make like a top hit on the radio, like radio hit. We're we're like longevity. Like we we want this to be a career. We're not interested in being like Throw it on the radio and make millions and then sayonara because we have a long term goal. That's, that's also not our personality. We're going to
3: tour and take over the world, and then our retirement plan is a Vegas residency. <laughs> <laughs> so, you want to be Celine Dion. I hear you. Hello. Or, or, or Brittany, one of the two. Brittany, <laughs> that works.
1: Exactly. Is J-Lo
2: taking over Brittany's spot? Oh, maybe. I mean, I want to be fat Elvis
3: personally. That's what I'm sure. You know what?
4: I would definitely enjoy seeing you. As a fat
3: Elvis. I would be mm-hmm. Siegfried or Roy, which everyone didn't get attacked by the <laughs> tiger.
1: <laughs> I love all the tigers. So let me ask you a question. Have you guys,
2: <laughs> are you members of Sound Exchange? Did you sign up for Sound Exchange?
3: We have not, or yeah. I haven't I'm personally. Sure
2: John's doing that right now, actually. <laughs> I was just talking to him about it two days ago.
1: Because we're about to put out our first. We've never released thing. any
2: music.
3: So that's the thing. Oh, you haven't
1: released I thought you had like
2: EPs and stuff.
3: We've put yeah. free demos online, and that's mm. it. So yeah. we don't have anything to like make money off of.
2: Oh, but I we said. we just uh, are about to release our first seven inch. We got a A side, B side. that we recorded in Seattle with our
3: buddy Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. Sure, he, yeah, awesome human he's been being, an incredible help, support, reached out his wing and kind of like took yeah. us in, and has just been incredible.
1: I interviewed him on this podcast, and he's a lovely guy.
3: Yeah, he's That's
4: a gem. A he really is. But yeah, we were we recorded with him. Well, actually, we re- we recorded our first album with Sylvia Massey in November, and she's I uh, did a profile on Sylvia Massey. She's incredible. incredible. She's amazing. She's Mama Magic. She's amazing.
1: Oh, cool. Mama Magic. Absolutely so
2: amazing.
4: Oh, yeah. Sylvia Massey is. An alien from another planet, and she I'm so happy she I, landed on this one I just finally. Want to say, <laughs> on the record,
2: she's really pretty
3: and she smells really good. Uh,
2: <laughs> we
3: we Wait, Ruby, did you
4: say that one? <laughs> yeah, okay, she so <laughs> smells
3: really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We we took a month and went down to her studio in Ashland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, we rented a house a couple blocks away from the studio, the and yeah, the studio's in a church. It's awesome. It's just um, great. And we recorded a full length, and it's. In the final stages of the mixing process. The mix. Yeah. But at, then after that, we recorded
4: in December. So yes. that happened in October.
3: Mm-hmm. And then Ish. December
4: we recorded with, with Mike. And we recorded, we were supposed to record like two songs. And we recorded, I think, like four. <laughs> just yeah. kept going. Then that, our 7 Inches coming out in May. So it'll be the two songs. And then our album finally does come out. So Sound Exchange is the next step into... Certainly. Yeah, making sure Great. everything good. is good <laughs> in place. Yeah. yeah,
1: you got to collect the that The next thing,
4: I sure, know. Sure.
1: So are you going to release the album just on Bandcamp?
3: No. No.
2: no I mean, we're going to, we've, um, I know John's putting it up on TuneCore to do like a digital distribution, and we're playing a couple shows with Mike McCready's tribute band, which is called Flight to Mars, and they do an annual... It's actually two nights now because it's just it's grown and it's in seattle at the show box at the market and it's to benefit crohn's foundation mm-hmm. you know, mike has crohn's disease he and probably he cares a about lot about that, that. that's yeah. what we talked yes. about yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. so we're doing we're opening two nights and at the show box uh, may 12th and 13th and we'll be releasing the physical copies there and talking to the cats in Boise. We're going to get some records in there in the record exchange and I
3: hope,
2: yeah. we'll be doing some physical stuff online and whatnot. But
3: and for for the full length, it'll definitely be on vinyl. Just haven't gotten much yes, further those, than that.
4: Those are, yeah, those are definitely steps. We're These are all conversations that we are literally having right now of, you know, do we self-release yeah. our album? Do we, I mean, we're talking with different people right now and kind of what fits with us because... But the main, we're, the main we're, topic we're, is yeah.
2: distribution, you yeah. know? How do you get the best distribution? How do you get that team in place? So yeah. we're not f-ing around. <laughs> Good. Yeah. We're going to make sure it's all
1: lined up. Well, that sort of touches on all the biz <laughs> parts that you guys the are.
2: Yes
4: yes? Can we stop doing on? business and just party?
2: God.
1: <laughs> yes, it's 7 o'clock, oh, time to drink.
4: Didn't you guys bring the beers? We've already now.
3: played two we're...
2: shows today.
4: Oh I my know, God, I'm Portia, afraid. put your pants back on! Oh my God,
2: Portia, please! I don't want to see that right now. Oh my God! All right, well, oh, to Whitney's brain, oh, ladies. ladies.
1: Thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you for, you for having, having us. us. That was Welcome to the Disco by Thunderpussy. Support for The Future of What comes from Merch Table. Kill Rockstars has partnered with Merch Table for almost six years now, and they've come through for us in a lot of ways. Like when the comedian Kurt Brownoler wanted a face towel with his face on it? Merch Table found a way to make this, and it's been one of our most popular items in our mail-order store. KRS loves Merch Table. You're listening to The Future of What. We're talking to Luc Elena Mendoza of Ilabamba. This Elena Mendoza from Ilabamba. Welcome to the future of what? Thank you. I'm so glad to talk to you. We're weirdly,
5: outside of Portland. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it still feels like Portland. I was actually thinking to myself. I saw this house show today. I saw Clark and them themselves, right? Clark and themselves. And I've been here since Monday, rehearsing because I just oh, wow. came from South by straight here. Okay. And. I saw, I've been seeing just, like, the kind of, like, the people kind of gather and just come here. But it gave me this feeling. Going to this house show earlier today, I walked in, there's, like, the wood floors, you know, like, the houses with, like, the yeah. basements and, like, the kind of, like it's not, like, that well-kept, but kind of, yeah. Girl playing guitar on the floor, stuff everywhere. And it just reminded me of Portland, like, 10 years ago. I really, <laughs> really did. I was like, oh, like, there's such, like, strong magic here, and that's why Tree 4 exists. It totally makes sense. Yeah. So... Yeah, I've been feeling that really hard. So it kind of feels like we're in Portland, that's what I was saying. Isn't
1: that funny? I feel like that's so true. I feel like what has happened is we have started to develop scenes in Mm -hmm. other parts of the country. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like for a while there, Portland was like such a hot scene and everybody who wanted to be a musician moved to Portland.
5: Like a natural response to like, oh yeah, this is cool. The same thing that's happening here, but But you don't really think about it. You just like kind of are, you're participating, you're just doing it.
1: Exactly. And it's really natural it feels really natural in a place like boise
5: yeah for sure that's pretty cool i'm like and, and yeah and then just feeling because i've been living in portland for the last 10 years so i feel like wow just like we're like in a different it's just different generation but the feeling <laughs> the sentiment is still strong
1: right absolutely yeah.
5: so let's talk about how you first started
1: like how did you get into music in the first place
5: music is is like a teacher it's a tool right it's just an extension of how we feel inside and and some of us who do are exposed to it, like celebrate it. It's my natural response to how I relate to the world. It's like a relationship. So I feel the way that I can kind of like just compartmentalize all those, those thoughts and what I think happened is that I feel that is like my ancestry, you know, it's, it's how I grew up listening to music, seeing how my dad expressed himself, my parents, my culture, everything was sound everything was a celebration and so again same thing I was talking about boy, or you don't really think about that stuff you just are like you're just part of that body you know right. you are that body mm-hmm. so yeah like when you're young or even like or even like before you're even conceived you know you already have this like you're just gonna express yourself the way that it's already you and you inherit this knowledge you know and then of course your immediate environment influences you for sure i didn't grow up listening to bob dylan or the beatles or anything that you guys i'm sure not to assume but that you guys were exposed to you know like i grew up listening to a lot of mexican music a lot of old corridos music not even just the mexican music that when i go to mexico city and it's so different, so different, like, from where my parents are from. My parents are from Michoacán, Mexico, and, like, they listen to the traditional old-school corridos, like, not even, like, pop. I mean, we, I might have known where the Beatles were because they were that famous. And even, like, the hit you know, globally, Michael Jackson, like, all the big, big, big names. Even my dad's like, oh, Michael Jackson, you know? like <laughs> It would, like, still be, you know, even though we didn't grow up listening to it, there. Were, right. that's my only relationship with that sort of music, but... I feel like music for me is just another way that how we pray. And so I think that I, that was already, it was exposed since a child, you know, and then singing, like just seeing a lot of mariachi, a lot of just the songs, what the songs are about. I related with, because there's such strong, strong, vulnerable, real feelings of like what was happening. And that's, Again, you don't, you can't really learn that. You're just kind of experiencing that with the family and hearing it. So it's normal. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm in America and then I'm like being myself and just expressing myself. And so I think that because I think that's why I am here in front of you, you know, talking to you about music, you know, yeah. and like how I relate with, with the world and vice versa. So
1: how did you feel picking up a guitar You know, I mean, how did that feel? Because then you lived in America. Did you have other people, friends, who were doing that as well? No, so you.
5: Yeah, I grew up in a in a very strict Catholic upbringing. So music was always around, all the time. It was always music, food, the religion, the food, the music, the how, everything, and it's just again another way that how we communicate. And I had a really hard time growing up being a girl and not having the same... Oh, how do I even say this? Like, I didn't have the same the same treatment as the guys did. And so, like, me trying to... The reason why I have to answer these questions is in this way, because there's so many layers, I didn't really touch a guitar. It intimidated my parents how big or how excited and how inspired I was about life. And obviously, music is an extension of how I'm going to express so I didn't get my guitar until I was like 18, and it wasn't because my parents got it for me. And it was because of the Americans, the, like, the white folk, you know, that they really opened up and exposed this other part, which was already in me for so long, but because there's so many layers, like I was a girl, I didn't really have a lot of the privileges, you know, that for me to excel and achieve to find that compatibility with instruments or whatever. Like, I I just was so, even playing basketball, I had to, like, sneak out of the house to play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just, like, this thing. So, like, the guitar, once the guitar was placed on my lap, there was, can you imagine? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just, like whoa, awesome, like, I never was told that I can actually do this, and you're actually learning how to do it, and it was through my peers. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I just had no idea one thing led to another, and I'm just, like, teaching myself just, like, a few little, you know, there was, like, those, I don't know if you've ever seen the up, up, down, down, up, up, down, up, down, up, like, a way to strum your guitar, down, down, mm-hmm. up, up, down, up. My friend drew that out, and that stuck with me forever, and that's how I started to learn rhythm, and then I just kind of <laughs> pretended that I knew how to play and just and still do, you know? Yeah. And so, I'm just like, yeah, so it was like the most, I'm so grateful for that. So, yeah, it was like a really huge experience. I'm still, I still go through that when I have a guitar in my lap, Yeah. so. Yeah,
1: I, I feel like the more musicians I talk to, the more they talk about this love affair that they have mm-hmm. with their instrument that just lasts for a lifetime. You know, yeah. it just goes on and on and on. You know, it's always exciting. They it's sit down with the guitar there. and it's always exciting more than the piano or whatever it is.
5: Either, either if it's a physical instrument or not, like the way it's a vulnerability. We're allowing ourselves to be vulnerable to another tool for us to kind of reach that level of expression. Mm-hmm. And if it's a guitar or a pencil or a book or a paintbrush or how we talk to one another, we, it's a bridge. The guitar is my bridge to get to the other side. Right. And so, of course, that's hella intimate. There's an intimacy there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
5: so yeah. you can't forget it. You know, even, like, I mean, my hands, we're not our bodies. Our hands won't last forever, you know, but we'll always have that festive part of, like, how we express, you know.
1: Right. And your songs live on.
5: Yeah. And, I mean, That's. are <laughs> just there. Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah. I mean, we just put out the... 20th anniversary edition of the Elliott Smith Either Or album.
5: Mm-hmm, That's a perfect
1: example of, you know, songs live on, mm-hmm. and they still matter to people. Mm-hmm. You know, they still have an impact, which is totally. always really inspiring to think about. Um, I'm
5: excited about that, by the way. Oh. Yeah,
1: Yeah, we too are, too. It's been yeah. great. It's, we've been cool. really happy. So you are an interesting person to talk to because a lot of times I talk to people who are sort of starting out a little bit more in the music Mm -hmm. business, but you've been doing this for a while now and you have, I mean, you you put out four albums Mm -hmm. and you have a booking agent, you have management, Mm -hmm. you have a record label, you have a team. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How does that feel? How's that, you know, is that, is that a good thing? Did you have to do a lot of the business stuff beforehand by yourself?
5: The business side and the bureaucracy behind the musical, like, the business, like the music industry it has been something that's been so difficult for me to wrap my mind around. I've been so disattached from it. I like, I don't really understand. I'm never, it's never been something that has been driven me or, or for me. Other people have helped me like hell up, like hard, you know, it's not, hasn't been my strength. So you can only imagine how present, you know, like I can be with that because I'm like creating or, you know, I'm like more on this other side, but it's helped me, the people that are on my side and the people that have continued to be helping me pave this in and out, you know, that has encouraged me to keep going. It's like a natural thing. I like, it's what's hard with the work that's hard with all of this is the personal growth Mm -hmm. and the personal work, like what's going on inside of me. Mm -hmm. That's what's hard. Because I'm trying to wrap my mind around the business, I'm also trying to wrap my mind around interpersonal relationships. I'm also trying to wrap my mind around why we actually do what we do, you know, as artists and as vulnerable people. You know, that's what I think about. And then there's like this crazy monster called the music, like industry. Yeah. And that is something that I just don't know. I know, and it's and people talk to me and ask me and like, oh, let's talk about it. And I'm like, well, let me just tell you how, what I know. And yeah, there are things that I learned to take more initiative in. But I also am in a different realm of trying to organize. I do need to organize. But I'm, again, like people, if the, if my if my homies weren't there, if Tender Loving Empire wasn't there or anybody else that has kind of like helped me pave that way, like it's just, it's like relationship. They know me intimately and I've never known any other label. I've never known any other book. I just don't know. I just go where the heart is at. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I hope that that really for not just for myself, but other artists who also struggle in the same area, you know, like really find some sort of grounding or healing in that area because it is hard. It's so hard. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. But I yeah, because then you're you're I I can't just go and have rehearsals and like be like, okay, it's so hard to complementalize all of that. And then there's, I really want to make sure that everyone's feeling good. And, like, mm-hmm. there's so many layers to all of that. It's not just a music business and, like, the the things you have to keep tabs on all the time. You know, that's hard. Yeah. But it's more of, like, keeping tabs on, like, you know, like, how you, or not that you're keeping tabs, but making sure you're checking in with people. Right. To the heart. Right. That's what's more important to me. And so, of course, I get lost in this other, you know, like, it's yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to, you know, stay on top of that. But what I'm really trying to tend, I'm trying to tend that garden of, like, who's that team. And so it's still a mystery to me, you know? Like, I am where I'm at now because of the love and the people. And I'm. it's hard. It's so hard. You know, I'm very hard on myself. But I'm somehow still doing what I'm doing because that's not what you can't not do it, you know? Yeah, it's really surreal. It's really surreal. There's, like, at the same time, there's, like, no time to, like beat yourself up for not really understanding every single moving evolving detail that is happening with every single thing there's so many things are and i'm sure you guys have a different side of the story of how what it looks like on your end the evolution of what the music industry i'm smart enough to uh, you i might not know every little thing but i can feel the energy i understand you can look outside and turn on the tv or on your computer and you can feel that energy evolve so it it all applies in everything
1: yeah so yeah And I think that's an important point because a lot of times, I mean, this podcast is about the music business, right? And Mm -hmm. we try, like, one of the things we try to do is help young bands and young artists getting started to kind of understand what they're getting involved in. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes with a band, it's easier because sometimes in a band of four or five people, there's one person who's really business minded. Mm
5: -hmm, And that can be
1: really helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, that person can just take care of all the details. But a lot of times people are like you, like, you know, true artists where it's like your job is to make art and that's it. You don't have, you're not going to sit around figuring out the finances. You're not going to, I mean, you may have had to do that at I one have, point, but I, it's, I am. it's really hard.
5: <laughs> There's been some beautiful people who have, have been like that strong asset like that. And I'm like, cool, but it still sucks though. You feel guilty because you're like, right. you can't. Because like at, at your worst moments, you're like, why aren't you doing that? And you're like, I can't, you know, you have you know what I mean? And then you, like, challenge yourself. whoever you are. It, it depends on person to person how you're going to process that, you know. Mm. But, yeah, I'm thankful for, for the people that know how to pick up that information and really just, just deal with it, you know. Yeah. But I think that most important for anyone that's starting out, you know, first of all, you don't even think about that you're starting out. You're True. just doing your thing. Right. It's not like, I'm starting out. There's something that you need to look at that dialogue. If that's how you're thinking about putting your music out there, right. you just are who you are. You know. Of course, there's other little details. They're like, okay, well, we need to make money. I've never thought that, <laughs> you know. But there's there's certain things that you're pressed against that now you have to deal. You have to kind of deal with that, you know. But the heart is always. It's just like it's just be heart strong, heart strong, and things will kind of figure themselves out. I guess I don't know. It kinda of, they kinda of have already. I think the
1: one thing I would say is I think you're totally right. But I think the one thing I would say is that at some point, like especially when you're starting out, whatever that means, mm-hmm. whether you're, you know, doing it consciously or you're just doing your thing, you have to understand at least the rudiments of the business so you don't get screwed over. Yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. So that someone's not taking advantage of you. That's the one thing where it's like you don't have to be doing the accounting. But you have to know, like, that there is accounting being done.
5: Yeah, totally.
1: You know what I mean? Because I feel like that's really important for artists. It's just, this is your job. This is your life. You know, if this is how you're living and eating and paying your rent, you know, you want to make sure that someone's not, that you trust people. I mean, that's what you're saying about maintaining those relationships.
5: Yeah, totally. That's that's something I wish for me, check it, like for me 10 years ago, I had, like I said, I had no idea somebody else was take watching my back but they didn't realize how much I didn't know or what I did know you don't mm-hmm. you don't re- you can't really tell I didn't know you know <laughs> what I mean I'm now be like oh okay now at 35 and just play music because you know like yeah. I'm like holy crap like I wish I would have known this and that I wish I was more capable of understanding that but I wasn't you know, and now there's still things that I'm like, holy, yeah, like I need to do this and you do that. And it's scary for Mm -hmm. sure, you know, but yes, it is important to know that in order for you to continue. Yeah. But once you're there and you like, you kind of learn from like the lack, when you had the lack of knowledge about things when you first start and all your stuff is out there, right? you know, and you're like, oh, okay, royalties, this, that, oh, you know, like it's, it is like another side of you playing music professionally. Right. Yeah. It's not right. like you play music because you're like healing. And that's like why I do what I do. Right. You know, I never really sought out to be a professional musician, but I'm definitely like, you know, set up. Like you said, I have a, ma- a manager, I have like a booking agent, and they know all that stuff about me. And we're like trying to work it out, you know? So, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like it's a rude awakening that's happening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I completely understand. Well, Elena, thank you so much for being with us today on the future thank of what. Thank you White. for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Was Libre by Ilabamba. You're listening to The Future of What. If you're enjoying this program, like us on Facebook and become a subscriber on iTunes. The Future of What is supported by Sound Exchange. I want to take a minute to tell you about another new podcast to the Jabberjohn Network Poor Taste. Through years of consultation work with hotels, restaurants, and bars, John and Lindsay Yeager are now bringing their cocktail and spirit prowess to the Poor Taste podcast. Each week, John discusses spirit and cocktail history while guiding guests through recipes. The podcast also features award-winning authors, spirit importers, and tastemakers to discuss trends and other tidbits from today's cocktail community. And that's our show. The music we played today was used by permission. You heard Sassy Black, Thunder Pussy, Ilabamba, and of course our theme song, Mind Your Own Business by The Delta Five. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. For more info on our shows, check out our website at KillRockstars.com/slash the future of what. Our program was engineered by Brent Asbury at Beta Petrol and is produced by Will Watts and Anna McLean. I'm Portia Sabin, president of Kill Rock Stars. See you next
4: week.